have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do you have a character in mind that you want to see brought to life? Do you need a custom costume? Do you need simple accessories? Then let me recommend Nick Slatter Emporium. Ooh, I love that name. They have multiple years of design experience and can bring your spookiest designs to life no matter how intricate, how simple, or how terrifying. <laughs> Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok and get connected to make your spooky dreams a haunting reality. back everybody to another awesome and spooky episode of tales from the haunt with me just jeff and i'm flynn hendrix hang on that doesn't sound right who are you again flynn hendrix and who am i just jeff eh, we'll roll with it that sounds about right uh, anyway, anyway, guys, welcome back to another spooktacular episode of Tales from the Haunt. We're here in studio with a very special guest this week, and it's going to be a fun one. I'm going to go ahead and spoil that for you right now. But before we go any further, guys, I want to take a minute and thank everybody that continues to tune in and continues to support this podcast. We get the messages. We get the shout-outs on social media. It is greatly appreciated. We see the numbers going up, and that's all because of y'all. So thank you so much for your continued support. And we're going to ask a little bit more of you real quick. If you could, if you haven't already, go subscribe to us on your preferred podcasting platform. We're everywhere. Once you do that, leave us a five-star on a written review. Tell us what you like and share the word with your family. Share it with your friends. Just get this podcast out there. And then go connect with us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go get connected. Give us some shout-outs again like everybody else is doing. Be one of the cool kids. We want to hear from you, and we want to know that you like what we're putting out. That way it helps us know what we're doing right, so we can continue bringing this awesome stuff to you every time we drop an episode. But before we go any further past that, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from the Gimme Back My Podcast Network. 
Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down with me, Stompy, and my brother, Frank. Hi, I'm Frank. Join us, Sludge, Mark, and Ruben, three times a month as we review monster movies from around the world. And don't forget about the monthly contest and Triple I. Not only that, Frank, but you'll find extra content like the Underdogs, Monster Mash Wednesdays, and the Friday Night Fights each week exclusively on our Facebook and Instagram. So please join us at the Monster Movie Stop Now. Your one-stop chomp for monster movie reviews, news, interview, trivia, laughs, and of course me, Stompy and Frank. And we're back. Now guys, this is the fun part here. I'm going to do my quasi-professional legal mumbo-jumbo here and remind you that this podcast is in no way, shape, or form affiliated with any haunts or haunted attractions in the nation, and all opinions and views expressed on this show are solely those of the person speaking them, and this podcast is in no way, shape, or form meant to libel, slander, or defame any actors or attractions. However, if anyone would like to sponsor this show, there will be information about that in the show notes, so please check that out and get in our inbox. But now... Without further ado, um, Jeff, I feel like I've kind of hogged this intro here. Would you like me to do this man his justice on an intro, or would you like to do it? I think I've got this. I have faith in you. <laughs> so, um, this is a guy that uh, I have uh, came to know over the past haunt season. Um, I do believe this was his first season as a haunter. Again? Another one? Yep, another one. Jeez. Um and he absolutely killed it this year being a mannequin, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, without further ado, I want to introduce Jake, not from State Farm, Woods. Woods? I'm sorry. It's just wood, <laughs> but I'll, I should have let it slide, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> you said wood. <laughs> anyway, we're already, all, we're already downhill from here. But, man, he, here's the disclaimer, though. He did not show up to the studio in a red polo and khakis, and I was highly disappointed. No wonder my dog barked at him. But anyway, man, I, I'm just going to go ahead and start right now because you heard my little side comments during that intro. This is another guy that I thought had been doing it for more than one season, but it's somebody that was their first season with me, too. So that just blows my mind, dude. Like, that's... What the hell? I'm just impressed that, you know, people think I've been doing it longer. Right. Um, it, it really is a true compliment to hear. Absolutely. A lot of people have said, like, I can't believe this is the first time you've ever done this. Yeah. And um, it really did blow me away that that I excelled, I guess you could say. Dude, absolutely. I mean, like, again, like, I'm just, I'm coming to find out that all these people we're interviewing that I think are veteran actors are right there, like, just coming, we're getting ready to go into our second season now, and... But again, like you said, everybody's carrying themselves like they've been there, done that, and they know what they're doing. So kudos to everybody that's able to do that. But, man, let's back it up a little bit. What actually got you into the spooky stuff? What made you want to work at a haunted house? How did that all start for you? So I've always had an interesting uh, relationship with uh, the horror world, Mm -hmm. I'd say. And um, I, when I was very young, I used to be terrified. Oh, I like everything. Yeah. Um, my dad would play the original Resident Evil game, and I would hide under the table. Really? He would ask me to put the disc in, and I would be, like, trembling, trying to grab the, the box just because of the, wow. the zombie on the front of it. Like, oh, man. 
and I would say sometime around when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. it it just flipped. It all of a sudden changed, and I was obsessed with right. horror movies and going to haunted houses and just a- any of that stuff, really. Yeah. Um, and the times I spent going to these haunted houses, I always wished, like, I wish I had the time to go and participate and mm-hmm. be part of this and be involved. Uh, I just never, I never did. I started working at an early age, full-time jobs, and right, never right. was never really able to do that. And uh, this previous season, I finally had the opportunity yeah. where I had that availability, and um, I just applied, and they, they grabbed me up, and Absolutely. Yeah, that's how she wrote. So there's one thing you said in there that I want to circle back to, and I, I just want to know, like, was there an aha moment as you, you know, like got into your teenage years and everything just kind of, you know, the switch flipped and you kind of got into the world of spooky things where you weren't scared of it anymore? Was there an aha moment or something that triggered that, or was it just something that happened and you didn't even realize that it happened? It, it probably was one more of those, uh, I didn't even catch it. It just right. kind of happened i um i moved i met a lot Mm -hmm. of new people and you know that's what they were into yeah and i think it was that moment of realizing like i've been avoiding it for so long and then aging into it and realizing like oh this is actually incredibly interesting like absolutely and then what was it too that drew you to the attraction that we're all working at now what made you want to apply to that one specifically um honestly i just searched uh, right. on the internet and looked for like the larger scale mm-hmm. haunts and uh that was the one that popped up absolutely and uh i just knew like this has to be the one i go for i don't i don't want to mess around at one that's you know small scale and and that i knew i had a better chance yeah at a larger one i got gotcha. you uh, and it it worked out i like it i like it jeff anything you want to throw in right here nope i'm good over here for now all right i'm gonna keep this question train rolling then so when you first get hired on, had you had any previous acting experience? You mentioned that, you know, at a younger age, you started working more full-time jobs, so you didn't really have a lot of time to dedicate to getting involved with the haunt world, but had you had any acting experience or anything like that prior to this? Zero. 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 Man. Wow. Coming in moldable. I like That's it. I like it. So what was it like for you in that first, uh, you know, the first interview and then your first uh, workshop and... You know, the, the things they run new actors through when you get hired on there. What was that like for you? That was definitely a, a, a very new experience for me, um, but I loved it. It was yeah. it was very fun. It really did kind of open my eyes to like, oh, this is what I need to be expecting. Absolutely. Um, when they said it was just an interview, absolutely not what I was prepared for. Right, right. Uh, but I think it's better that I wasn't prepared for it, and I was thrown into this yep. this experience and get to get a firsthand like yeah this is what i need to be prepared for absolutely and i mean that's very true too especially in this kind of scenario too because if you have the ability and well actually not even just this scenario in real life if you have the ability to think about this stuff ahead of time you're going to get in your own head you're going to psych yourself out and then you're just not going to give the performance or the dedication that you would normally give if you just went with the flow and had fun, which it sounds like you did, and it definitely worked out in your favor. But what was it um, that made this like something that? Because you know, like as the season developed, I noticed like a lot of the veteran actors were hanging around with you. That's why I thought you were one. What was it about these people that you gravitated towards? And you know, like 
how did that help you develop as an actor throughout the season? I would say it was actually the opposite. They gravitated towards me. Oh, really? Uh, and I don't know if maybe it was the same thought that they all thought, like, oh, this guy's mm -hmm. been doing this for a right, while. Right, right. Um, it really was, I would say, almost everybody approached me initially wow. at the haunt. Very, very nice. And then throughout the season, too, like, obviously, you know, like people, it's kind of a plug-and-play mentality where you may not be in the same scene you know, every night or even like you may be in it one week, but then the next week you're in a completely different attraction altogether. As somebody new coming in, what was that like for you finding, um, I hate saying a level of comfort, but finding your footing in those situations where you had to have different characters? I would say I only got to experience that on a minor level. Okay. Uh, the very first weekend I was there, they had me as a clown. I was outside and it was the last weekend for a little while that I recall that they were using the chainsaw outside. Yeah, because I think I was using it at one point. One of them broke, and I think uh, our general manager was using the other one because he was just running around chasing people with it. But, yeah, I'm glad they took that off me because that thing was a pain to get started sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, Ooh, I, I was cycling between three of them at one point just because one of them was way more, like, effective at yeah. like, getting that jump out of people it was a lot yep. louder a lot more sudden mm -hmm. one of them constantly wasn't working yep one of them it would work but it was pathetic and it sounded more like a toy yeah so i would try not to use it but right right um but after that first weekend of being a clown they put me in the spot that i ended up in essentially the entire season and what was uh what did that character end up becoming so just for our listeners when they put me there I was told by the uh, the guest lead, who was not the normal lead of that that section, mm -hmm. uh, the speaker scare doesn't work. Do whatever you want. Nice. That, that was the exact words I was told. So I was standing in this room. My only experience had been being a clown for the last weekend. Yeah. And I was the furthest thing from a clown at that point. Um, I was essentially guy with burlap sack. Uh, and I, I had to really study the room and try and decide what I could do with this character in this room that I'm in without a speaker scare. It's all up to my creativity at this point. Absolutely. And I tried a couple different things the first night and nothing was really working as effectively as I would have liked. I felt right, like I right. wasn't getting the results I was hoping for. Uh, and the next night, when I was doing the same thing, I got there early, and I was looking around the room trying to decide, like, what can I do to make this mm -hmm. work? I noticed that there was two mannequins that were eerily dressed up like how I was. Flannel shirt, burlap sack. Nice. And I found a spot in the corner where I was able to stand and stay extremely still and act as a mannequin scare. I like it. So something you said right there really jumps out at me, and it's something, get ready, guys, here comes the drinking game. Previous guest of the show, AC, talked about, too, especially with character development, and it's come up in previous episodes, too, about just being aware of the scenery around you and what you can work with. That's something that a lot of like people with veteran acting experience would think to do, like, look at what's around you, look what you have to work with. What initiated that thought within you being so new to everything? Was it something somebody suggested, or was it something that just clicked into your head and you rolled with it? It, it really did just click. It, nice. I knew I needed to make something work. Yeah. And I won't say it was a like, um, like a very final like. I I just I need something. Like yeah. it wasn't a panic. It was 
the the accumulation of thoughts that something needs to click together mm-hmm. and i eventually like altered my costume like requested different nice. things for my costume to make it fit in a little bit more um i went and got like an old pair of jeans and distressed them because i noticed a lot of people were catching my costume by my pants yeah i was just wearing like Keen eye, yeah. black sweatpants essentially and i caught a lot of people like looking down and noticing like oh he's wearing sweatpants like that that's that's not the other two mannequins yeah. in the room wearing jeans. One of these things is not like the exactly. other. Exactly. <laughs> um, and even just a small detail like that really improved the performance of, I guess you could say, the character. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I love where your head's at, especially like, again, like just the fact that jumps out to me is that like you were so new into everything, but you had almost like that veteran mindset where you're looking at these different ways to work with your surroundings, improve your character and your presentation so that you get the better effect of working with your surroundings and then making that experience better for the customer as well. So, man, major kudos, major major props to you. Not Cars plug here, not Mater, but you know what I'm saying. Jeff, shut your mouth. Uh, (laughs) And it's going to begin here soon, I can already tell. Get ready, guys. But, no, I mean, that's that's a very veteran mentality to have, and I'm just impressed that you had the wherewithal to do that because that's something that I heard preached, like, not only in this genre, but in improv, and even in wrestling, too. But the fact that, like, you're fresh into everything, your mind's already going there, dude, that is an amazing... Keep that mindset because that's just going to keep you moving you know, up the ladder and keeping that creativity going as long as you want. Thank you, thank you. Yes, sir. Jeff, I'm hogging the mic here. It's your turn. You always hog the mic, Flynn. If Jake wasn't in the way, I'd tell you to leave, but <laughs> I, I've, I'm worn that out tonight. I'm lazy. <laughs> so um, I've got a question for you. At any point um, in the haunt last year, did you feel like you may have went a little too far with how you were Ooh. scaring I guess you could say too far in a certain sense. Um, I definitely had some very excellent reactions from my mannequin scares. Um, I made one woman piss herself. Man, again, <laughs> I am I am in the minority here. I'm just going to crawl back into obscurity when this is over because I have no bodily fluid trophies. I hate y'all, but mad respect. Um, I made another woman pass out. Uh, that was... A scary moment, but wow. it at least resolved rather quickly. It was not like a, a yeah. blown out ordeal. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ooh, buddy. I also had a lot of um, me getting contacted by people uh, because they do think I'm fake, and a lot of uh, reaching out to try and be like, "Oh, is oh. this is this guy fake? Is he is he real? Like, I'm gonna touch his shoulder. I'm gonna grab his arm, like to check." And um, I luckily handled that well. It yeah. wasn't. Um, I only got punched once. Oh, and it, it wasn't a violent punch. He yeah. was immediately apologetic. It was it was definitely a reaction. It was not right, like a right. guy trying to be tough for his girl. It yeah. was, I scared him so good, he flinched in reaction to punch. Like, and you got the one for flinching on that one. So. And it, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's another badge of honor, too, in the haunt world. So. Yeah, as long as you don't walk out with a black eye or a chipped tooth or something like that, you're definitely good. But in a situation like that, too, where you like scare somebody so bad they pass out, how do you keep your composure in a situation like that? Because, I mean, that's a very, very scary, possibly panic-inducing thing itself in itself right there, too. 
So I will say I got a, a bit lucky in the fact that it took me a moment to realize what had even happened. Yeah. Um, when I scared her, she fell backwards into her friend oh. who somewhat caught her, but she did make it all the way to the floor. Right, right. And by the time I realized, like, oh, I think she just, like, actually passed out. And with the burlap sack mask, I have very limited visibility. It had one yeah. eye hole. Oh, man. <laughs> and so a lot of my scare was literally, like, standing at an angle, like, looking sideways down the hallway yeah, to peripheral. be prepared. And she fell out of my peripheral. And by the time I was able to react, because I was about to break character to be like, do I need to help this person? Yeah. And I looked down, and they were gone. It was like they didn't exist anymore. Oh, wow. She had picked her up, and whether she came to or she just dragged her, um, they were gone. It's like she lugged her over her shoulder said, it's just another night at the office. Let's just get her back to Broadway, <laughs> get a beer in her hand. She'll be fine. I hope that's what happened. But anyway... But man, so okay, I didn't realize that you had that limited vision of or view of sight right there, man. Like that's what was that like? Because this was my first year, you know, like where you put these 15, 20 pound silicone masks over your head, and that's a, a whole new world in and of itself right there. But when you have a burlap sack that only has one eye hole and your vision is that limited, what is that like for you? It gets a bit disorienting after a while. I don't and doubt it. um I did eventually start adapting a second spot to stand just yeah. to switch the eye that I was using with the mask Smart where I move. could stand from the other side of the hallway yeah. and use my other eye and kind of give it a, a, a rest. Yeah, absolutely. Of. Now, did you ever have any feelings of like claustrophobia or anything having that mask on and then just being so limited to what was going on in there? Is that ever set in? No, it was definitely more just... Um, I'm a big guy, and I had a lot of sweat. Right, right. I can relate to that one, too. I can relate to that one. Man, that's... Oh, so... That, and then... Man, I'm just... I'm I'm blown away by everything I'm hearing right now, and I'm just... I'm trying to... Not fanboy and, you know, just fumble over my words, but, dude, like, I'm just so impressed with how fresh you are in this experience, but how experience you are at the same time. I mean, it's like true veteran status. Like, you handle it like a true pro. That's amazing because a lot of people wouldn't even think to shift their standing position to change up the eye that they're looking out of that mask with, too. Like, that's just... Again, I've said it once. Here's a new drinking game for you. Major kudos from me on that. <laughs> so, Jeff, while I gather myself, ask some more questions here. So, at any point when you was... Um starting to act either whether it be the first weekend or your first full week or anything like that did you feel overwhelmed to the point where you thought maybe you couldn't do this job or handle this position or was it pretty much smooth sailing for you all the way through very good question i wouldn't say it was full smooth sailing i um i definitely handled it with stride there was sometimes especially when it started building up from just weekends into oh yeah you know, just a couple days and then full weeks of nonstop. Um, it was difficult at times, um, but I genuinely enjoyed coming yeah. in and doing the haunt, and it made that exhaustion and that that difficulty to not be there, but to be there. Um, it still made it enjoyable, even with that that hardship. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And um, other than you know, our regular, normal pregame thing that we do, standing out in the midway. 
And and for all the listeners, we reference the Midway a lot in these episodes. Um, what we're referring to is the basically the center gathering spot of the haunt outside. It's just kind of where people linger outside the bars there. The um, the merch stores are there. The ticket booth is out there, that kind of thing. The turlets are there. The turlets. <laughs> um, so at, other than other than what we do with our pregame, you know, just standing out there talking and, you know, doing our thing outside, do you, do you hype yourself up in any way before you get to the haunt? Or do you just kind of come in and take it as it comes? I would say with the character I developed, I got a bit lucky in the fact that I didn't have any like specific lines that I wanted to try and use. I didn't have mm-hmm. a, a very specific voice. Um, a lot of times the music was so loud, any sound I made wasn't heard anyway. Yeah. Which oh, I yeah. think was part of how I developed the mannequin character was I knew I needed something that worked without being heard sometimes. And a lot of times the only noises I made were just grunts, grunts yeah. and growls. Yeah. And um, I had a little bit of practice from that. I used to do vocals for oh, a band. Nice. Not long. We didn't make it anywhere. Don't look it up kind of thing. <laughs> um, Still very impressive, though. But I wouldn't say I necessarily practiced anything on the right, way in. Right. I didn't really hype myself up. I just enjoyed like communicating with the other people at the Midway and like preparing myself more mentally in the sense of um just being there yeah. with with the other people Absolutely. doing the same thing enjoying the same craft yeah um that really was the only hype up i i saw okay and for we, we keep talking about this mannequin scare that you keep doing or that you was doing um correct me if i'm wrong but was you not doing the mannequin scare in the same room as frosty Yes, for I, Christmas. I, I did do okay. that. I thought I thought you was. I was just wanting to verify that. Yeah, because I was actually right down the hall from you on that when old drunken redneck Santa would stumble through from time to time, and I'd be lo- <laughs> I'd be looking around for you in there, and I couldn't find you. Like you you blended in that well, but man. So one thing I want to talk about, and it's something you guys kind of hit the tip of the iceberg with there, and we're gonna unpack it a little bit more. Is you mentioned that you know the couple weeks, a uh, couple weekends in the early fall eventually progressed into weeks of uh, of working the haunt as we got closer to Halloween with a full-time job too man like how did you juggle working one and the other I know you said like it was a thrill to be there you wanted to be there but did you ever feel yourself getting tired or just having like that sense of burnout coming on uh, again I had a, a very unique opportunity when I came to the haunt mm-hmm. and uh, I was actually unemployed otherwise ah gotcha so gotcha. I was able to dedicate my full time very nice. to the haunt which I was usually there two three hours early just right, because right. I enjoyed yeah. hanging out with everybody sounds like somebody else in this room who I don't know some guy named Jeff I know it's not you I, I had to wait on Jermaine to show up. I'm sorry seven to show up i had to wait on seven to show up sorry he had to fix his hair anyway so okay i mean that, that makes a lot of sense now um but one thing too it seems like everybody has mentioned the the dreaded phrase hell week take a shot every time you hear that come up on this show and for those that haven't picked up on that yet or if this is your first episode what hell week is is the week leading up to halloween Chances are, like, especially, like, let's say Halloween's on a Sunday, we're working Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
we're working that entire week leading into Halloween. And it is like the busiest night of the haunt season, or actually the busiest week of the year, I should say. And, you know, like, what is that like for you when you're working that many days back to back and, you know, like, you may be in that same position or you may not be working as many hours on certain nights, but what is it like for you doing that back to back so many times when you're used to maybe doing it, you know, three nights a week on the weekends leading up to that? I would say the the schedule that they have where it does build up gradually certainly helps prepare Absolutely. you for uh, Hell Week, yep. where you aren't just suddenly thrust into a full week of being yeah. there. It's it's a very gradual, like, building you up to it yep. uh, helped a lot, tremendously. And even though there was definitely that exhaustion getting towards the end, mm-hmm. uh, it was also paired with the excitement for it is going to be Halloween. Absolutely. And you do know that is going to be the biggest night, yep. and you really want to be on your ball Oh yeah. for Halloween night. And so while it was difficult at times to keep going, especially doing a mannequin scare, mm-hmm. which is, I learned, surprisingly exhausting. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought when I first came up with the idea, like, well, this will be a, a good way to get the job done without killing myself compared to, you know, hearing some of the people who are running around frantically the whole night. Um, that blows my mind, having yeah. the energy to do that oh, yeah. all night, back to back to back. Um but I quickly found out that the mannequin scares are probably just as exhausting on your body. Absolutely. I mean, like, the, just to put it in perspective here, again, this is enjoyable stuff, but this this line of work can be mentally exhausting. It can be physically exhausting. It can be vocally exhausting, depending on what you're doing as well. So it takes more of a toll on the actor than people realize. So, I mean, just, just keep that in mind, too, as you're going through some of these attractions and you are getting closer to Halloween, like, just keep in mind how many days these guys have already worked, well, guys and girls have already worked getting ready to get us to the main event of Halloween. So there's a lot that goes into that. But one thing I want to focus on, too, especially with the mannequin scare, is on some of those Saturdays leading up. You know, it would be, like, out the out the door, out into the parking lot, from open to close on those Saturdays, from, like, 6 to 1, sometimes 1.30 in the morning almost. How do you maintain, you know, like your presence and your scene when you've got people coming in and what we sometimes call the conga line and it's just back to back to back to back? How do you do that? Especially like, let's say somebody in the next group that's already coming through sees what you're doing. How do you make them forget you're there and then get them all over again? It really is all about the timing. Mm-hmm. Um, any any spot is about the timing, but with the mannequin bit especially, I had to be very careful about picking my targets yep. of who I was going to get. Um, sometimes they would pick themselves for me oh, by reaching yeah. out to me. Easiest reaction in the world when they're expecting you to be fake and yep. it turns out you're not. Yep. Um, but I, the way I positioned myself in the hallway and was able to look down, I was constantly checking where the next group was, where the next people were. Yeah. And when I was scaring somebody... I still had an eye down that hallway to see if anybody there reacted. And it was usually to try and get the next person that I noticed did not react to what I did. Yep. Um, and sometimes I could get pretty close together groups nice. where I would either scare somebody and I started reacting where I would 
almost like robotically go back into how I was standing and people would think I was still a prop. I would scare somebody sometimes and they would be so terrified and that the people behind them would see them getting terrified and the way I would like jerk back into position, they would just assume it was another prop that scared somebody. And especially if I heard somebody be like, oh yeah, that one's fake. That's an easy ticket. They're the one I'm getting because now I can like lean into them and do something completely different than how I got that guy. Yep. And that's when you terrify somebody else because they're like, Oh, that was a real guy. (laughs) That's the best. That is the best. And in saying that too, like what would you say was probably your best or your favorite scare from this season, whether it was as the clown or in the mannequin scare, what was your favorite out of all those? I have two, if that's okay. Oh, absolutely. So one would be in the mannequin spot mm-hmm. where I got somebody and the the way that they reacted was just, I don't even know how to describe it truly. It was, I scared them so well that they essentially ran away. And <laughs> <laughs> just knowing that like they could not handle like the way that I just scared them yeah. is such a like rewarding experience for that job. Um, but the one that really comes to mind, it was not in position. I had used some shortcuts to go use the restroom mm-hmm. and I was on my way back to my spot. And usually when I would do that, I would take the shortcuts to the restroom and I would walk the haunt on the way back yep. to see if I could get anybody on my way back to my spot. And I walked up to this, I ended up behind this group, maybe 10 people, and there was two younger boys in the back, I'd guess, early teens. Right, right, right. The one sees me coming behind him, and this was when I, like, adopted, like, a a Mike Myers, like, Jason, just power stance. Yeah. I didn't walk any more towards him, I just stopped and stood, and as he realized, like, oh, there's somebody behind us now, he starts, like pushing his friend backwards to try and like get away from me. And like, <laughs> you know, all you have to do is outrun your friend, not the bear kind of situation. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> I would just wait until they rounded the next corner and I would speed up and get to the next corner and then stop and stare and do the same thing. And every corner he's turning back around. He's like, Oh, he's still coming and still pushing his friend and still trying to like get to the front of his group, which they aren't letting him get out from the back. So I go and I follow him through a couple different turns and hallways until I get to my favorite shortcut to get back to my spot, which then puts me like two groups in front of them. (laughs) I get both of those groups, and then I see the first person in his group starting to round the corner. I decide I cannot mess this opportunity up. I will have to ignore the first half of this group to make sure this works just how I wanted it to. I let them walk past me. And because they were separated a bit from... He was still looking behind him at this point because he had lost me now. And he knew I was following them. So as they're finally stepping up, I just step out in front of them. Like, I do the same, like, power stance. And I just stop and stare. And he goes, it's that guy. And he, like, kicks (laughs) off from his friend and sprints past me, like, into the next hallway full speed his friend is just like flabbergasted because he got left behind oh my god but i'll, I'll never forget the it's that guy and you, <laughs> the terror in his voice 
Oh, <laughs> kudos, my good man. Kudos. That is beautiful. That might be one of the best ones I've heard so far. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, and I just love the long, like, that you played the long game to get to that point, too. Like, that is beautiful. Oh, man. Yeah, and where you was at, that wasn't a short trek from the bathroom no. back to your scene. No, sir, it was I mean, not. So you, you devoted yourself to that one. <laughs> I lost track of how many times I walked by your scene as drunk Santa in character stumbling on that rickety bridge to get through that room and not set off the, you know, the the sensors and everything to set off the little scares there. And it's like, where, where, where's he at? Where's he at? And you forget he's in there when you're coming back. And it's like, oh, well, you got me too. Damn you. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, is that that was a long trek, even taking the shortcuts to get back through there. So, man, again, the long game. I, I love it. I love it. Jeffro, take it over. So, um, I know you. this was your first year acting as a scare actor, but I still want to ask the question of what advice could you give somebody new coming into the industry? I think the best thing I could say is if it's something that you are genuinely interested in, there is never a reason to not try. If, if it's something you want to do, if it's something you think you could be good at, if it's something you think you could enjoy doing, the worst thing you can do is not give it a shot. Um, I was worried I wouldn't be good at it because I've never done any sort of acting at all. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just enjoy doing silly voices for fun, and that was really the only applicable skill I had that I could have used towards this. Uh, so I, I was genuinely concerned that I might not be a good fit for this. Yeah. But I still win. I still gave it a shot, and I ended up doing what I'm told by many an extraordinary job. Absolutely. Yeah. And you just you just hit on a good point that almost everybody that I ask that question to gives is is the whole you got to have the why not attitude. Just jump in and try it. Just give it a shot one time, even if it's just one night, and try it. Um, and that's one thing that I love about this industry is it's every, uh, the majority of the people, and not everybody, but the majority of the people are out to help each other. Um, that's one big thing that I've kind of adopted to this podcast is we're here to empower, educate, and you encourage. know, and encourage people to become haunters or to push past that barrier of fear and, and get into the industry because it really is a great thing to be part of. Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing too is like you said, you didn't know if you were gonna be good, you know, like because it was your first time doing it, but you committed to it and that's what made it work. You gave your all to it. And you can clearly see that it paid off because here we are getting ready to go into our second season now. So it clearly paid off. But man, uh, Jeff, you ready to let things get a little bit spookier here? Absolutely. So now it's time to uh, turn the reins over to our good man, Jake Wood Woods Woodrow the First Jr., and let him ask us some questions here. So At least he done that to you this time instead of me. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't throw in a Woody. Usually that one gets caught in there somehow. Oh, you took that out of my repertoire for the end of the show. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but no, man, now it's your time to uh, throw a couple questions to each of us. Again, this is where it gets kind of spooky and scary because we don't know what this good man is going to ask us. So 
we don't even know which one of us is going to go first here. So this is where the fun begins. And my good man, Jake, we are at your mercy. So my my first question actually goes to both of you because I'm curious what both of your answers would be. You can choose who goes first. uh, Maybe battle for it. I don't know. Rochambeau. Um, If you could create your ideal character for the haunt, you had full reign, you know, knowing the haunt that you are working at, any position, any location, you know, what would be your ideal, you know, creation to come up with? What what would truly be your your desire of this? So I have always wanted to do this character. Um, I like pushing the boundaries of what makes people uncomfortable in a haunt. Um, kind of as we talked about on AC on our past episode where she was eating the chewed up carrots and um, uh, chocolate, chocolate chips. chips. Thank you. Um, I have always wanted to do an adult baby with a little baggie of melted Snickers behind me so that I can reach in the diaper behind me and pull it out and eat it with my hand and offer it to people in queue line. Um, I don't think that'll ever happen, but it's always a character that I've always wanted to do. So, um, Glenn, over to you with that disgusting look on your face. Speaking of spoopy, um, man, I really don't know because to me, I feel like the best thing that would, that I would do, uh, and I know it's getting a lot of like, uh, a lot of dumpage on it. But if anybody has seen that new, uh, I guess, cover or version of Macbeth, where they have the woman that is the witch that, you know, transforms into the crows. I don't know if anybody's seen that or not, but it's just, the way they do that is just so scary in and of itself. It's so out there. It's so bizarre, but at the same time, it's so dry and a little bit cynical but it's like you know these things about these people, and if you don't know them, you can get it just by looking at them and seeing the reaction they have by looking at you. Of course, I'm not double-jointed, so I can't do any of that contortionist stuff, but, you know, it's like if I could just do something like that and just freak the hell out of people and have an all-black outfit when it's dark and just blend in wherever they won't ever see me coming until it's too late, that'd be it for me, so... That's a good one. That's a good one. It's a little out there, but, you know. I feel like that's uh, in that same vein as the, the mannequin scare. It's a, it's a yeah. shadow scare. Yes. It's really coming from anywhere. Like, Beautiful You're never seen. Um, and going to, to Jeff's, I feel like they could have used that on uh, Love's Bite, Love Bites. Yeah. Just give you Cupid wings. Yeah. You, that be small po- adaptation, and it's good to go. You'd be pooped at that point. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll show myself out on that I would one. either be pooped or cupid. Oh. <laughs> you see, we had something good going in. Leave, Jeff. Just you're replaced with Jake now. Just Jake. Oh, that's a good one. All right, we're starting off hot. That All was right. the first time we've ever been asked that question. I like that one. And I actually had to think long about that one too. I'm glad you went first. Yeah, I've seen the smoke coming out of your ears. It's like we're turning, we're stalling, we're stalling. Tire squealing. I got nothing. Um the the next question I have is for Jeff. Um. So I know one of the reasons I think a lot of people thought I was a veteran was I 
was very good at scaring other actors Mm -hmm. when they walked through, especially who had never been through that spot with me being there, Mm -hmm. having no idea that the mannequin was there. Um, I want to say I think I got everybody. Even... Sorry. (laughs) I want to say I got everybody. I don't think I left anybody out. I'm pretty sure at some point in time... I scared all the other actors that walked through, even the ones that I certainly would have been, have expected to. Mm-hmm. Would you say you have any memorable reactions from any of the other haunt actors being a veteran at any of the haunts you've worked at where you were able to get an, a fellow haunter um, to a certain degree that, that would be uh, worth telling? Yes, I think the most memorable and and everybody knows our event staff um manager at our haunt um i think my most memorable one is where she looked at me she seen me she knew it was me and i still scared the crap out of her that's the best one is when they look at you and they're like oh hey it's jeff and then you're just like jump straight at them they freak out they run it's great. It's like they don't expect you to scare them. They want you just to walk up and hug them or something. So It's like you inadvertently stole my catchphrase and then changed it. It's like, I know you see me. <laughs> Sorry, there we go. I, I, that's, that's, I've peaked tonight. That's it. Oh, you're done. <laughs> but, no, I mean, that's that's true, too, because, I mean, the same thing has happened with, uh, with other leads when they're walking through. I've seen no. that happen plenty of times. And they don't make it – they're not shy about it either. They want to be scared. Mm-hmm. They say that when you start the season. Nobody is excluded. We want to be scared. No. From from the moment the lights turn off, it's it's all all um, no holds bar. So, I will say um, I had some issues with that sometimes where you, you kind of forget. Yeah. Especially when you see them coming. Yeah. Um, one of our managers I, I tended to goof off with more than actually try and scare him and – I think he appreciated that because it was the uh, usually like a goofy kind of scare that yeah. I would get him with. But um, that same uh, event staff manager, when I got her, um, I swear she jumped two feet straight in the air out of her <laughs> shoes. And she immediately had to like not quite hug me, but some form of embrace. And she said, who are you? <laughs> because I was so new and I... <laughs> When I scared her, she had no idea who was in that spot. And by the time I made it to the break room at the end of the night, like everybody was talking about how I got her because she had to ask people who was the guy doing the mannequin bit. Yep. And I think that was the first night that I felt really like accomplished oh, yeah. in that spot where it really felt like what I was doing was working. And uh, looping all the way back to, I think that's when people really started gravitating towards me was after that that particular scare. Absolutely. And if I'm not mistaken, are you talking about the the lead that was there that you said you always tried to goof off with? Was that Justin by chance? Justin and Langley. Okay. Both okay, of them. Okay. Because because I always used to like I would stick my head out when I knew it was Justin coming through and he'd poke me in the stomach with his sword or something. <laughs> I also got stabbed with the sword constantly. Yeah. So multiple times a night. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's just the big guy thing or if it's just a Justin thing, but Yeah. 
It's well, how he shows his well, love. He would always, a pirate thing. Yeah. He would always poke me in the stomach, and it was um, for the uh, for the Christmas event. He would always poke me in the stomach when he'd come around, and I would just go, ho, 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 because I was Santa Claus. So, you know. The Pillsbury ho-boy. <laughs> I will say, Justin is excellent at helping set up scares. Um, he is. A, a bit yes. of a, uh, I guess, a tangent. Some no, leads... Not so much. It it almost felt like they wanted to like interrupt your spot. And while it's not like a huge deal and it's not like you're gonna, you know, go complain about it or, you know, cry about it or anything, there was some instances where it's like, Yeah, I definitely could have gotten those people if you hadn't been here. But it's more of just like a small nitpicky thing. I know a couple other people who who sided with me on that same topic. Interesting. But with Justin, he was excellent about very much so lining people up for you or being like, "Hey, this is the guy you want to get because he's seen him in the last few rooms," yep. or very strategically like getting them to where, especially for my bit, they're distracted, and then they especially have no idea that I'm about to come at them. Absolutely, um, Justin, excellent. Excellent lead. Yeah, especially like helping me figure out the lay of the land inside the pirate ship inside Curse down there. Man, that guy was a wizard with just how he could float in and out, help you get the one-two combo on some of these groups, and then once he's gone on and they're still making their way through, you could pop out in the hallway, like in the hall down the or the hole down the hallway. Good lord, can't talk now. I've peaked too soon. You poke out of there, you get him a third time, and it's like he just he knows the lay of the land so well, and he's so good at communicating and helping you find those people who are the ideal ones to scare, and then finding new ways to get creative and do it at the same time. Yep. And you all need to uh, calm down with all the Justin talk. You might make his head swell a little bit because he does listen to the podcast. I mean, he's been on here twice. What more can we do for him? That's true. A third time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no snakes invited. <laughs> all right, so we got one more question here, and I know it's going to be coming my way. So Whether you like it go. or not. I know, right? Um, do I have a choice? I mean, you could tell me to leave, and I plead the fifth, <laughs> spooky fifth. He does that to me, and I never leave. So you know. that's what I was gonna say. I'm not gonna leave either. So <laughs> you're stuck now. Um, I know you've spoken on it before. Uh, hopefully, this is worded in a way that's not the same question. Mm -hmm. But having the the wrestling experience that you have, and now having the haunt experience that you have, do those ever? whenever you're doing either one um get mixed up do do they bleed into each other in a way that maybe isn't troublesome but could cause a uh, a character conflict if you will surprisingly no and you are actually the first person that has asked the question like that um truth be told man haunt season actually made it easier for me to pull the trigger on going back into wrestling because I was asked to come back after haunt season ended. You know, like we'd had people there that were like handing out wrestling flyers for the shows that they were on because other wrestlers have worked the attraction too, but just never thought about it. And then, you know, somebody I respect and look up to asked you to come back here. It comes, but you get all this character development through this. And I know Jeff has been to every one of the shows and thank you for that. You've been a huge help as far as like merch helping me get everything set up, watching my back when the crowd gets too rowdy, all that good stuff. But, you know, like you haven't seen how I was back then compared to how I am now. And it blows my mind how not only the scare acting 
has helped me, you know, like develop as a character, as a wrestler. But then also, too, the wrestling helped me so much as like voice acting, improv, Shakespeare. It helped me be versatile and be broad and over the top to where doing this wasn't a stretch. You know, it was just a matter of, again, wearing a 15, 20 pound silicone mask over my head more than anything else. But the only time it ever maybe wasn't a good bleed, well, I say that after the fact, but it was fun while I did it, is when another somebody in this room convinced me to wear my wrestling get-up for Halloween in 40-degree weather with no pants. I'm out there in my trunks, knee pads, boots, my rest, like my ring jacket, and the squid mask. My legs are painted, and nobody knows what I am until I, 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 I'm the Atlantic Wrestling Champion. Can't you tell by my gear? Like, what's wrong with you? But he's like, yeah, I bet you won't do it. So here I go off on my on my tirade to you know get the general manager's approval, and it's like his his girlfriend is the one that ends up approving, and she goes, you know he's gonna like it, just do it. So I did. Everybody reacted. The main question every time everybody saw me that night was, are you cold? No, I'm good. I didn't get cold till after I got back in the actors' lounge, and it's like, oh, I hate you, Jeff. I hate you, Jeff. <laughs> Little did I know that was the first of many times I'd be saying that, but. No, man, they've really gone hand-in-hand, hand, and I joke about that, but that was a fun experience in itself. Being able to tie it all together because the worlds are so similar that the only difference with the wrestling is is that I'm not going out there in, you know, like a Danglebeard costume or an Icky the Clown costume and taking the slams and everything that way, but I'd jump at the opportunity to do it if I could. But, I mean, it's, it's really been a almost parallel journey with both because they mirror each other so closely. Gotcha. Man, these were uh these were some pretty damn good and damn deep questions. I'm uh I'm impressed because every week that we've done this now, they've continued to catch me off guard and that is exactly what I love about this show. And I keep getting caught off guard. We might as well make it a drinking game or a betting game at this point for how many times I'm going to get thrown off thinking somebody's had more experience. But then they come in at the same time as me, and it's just like, well, hot damn. You know, here, here's where we are. We made it through our first season in 2021. Now we're getting ready to go into 2022. So, man, the sky's the limit at this point. Yeah, and you've got no fear with that one. We've got some really long-time lifer veterans coming up soon so oh yeah and guys i'm gonna say this too um especially you know as we're getting further into the year we're getting there are random attractions that pop up throughout the year and especially as you get closer to halloween or a friday the 13th comes in if you're in an area where they have a local haunt or attraction going on go out and support and like we mentioned here too if you're interested in getting involved what do you have to lose by looking at seeing if it's for you apply Go try it out for a day. Just get involved and have some fun or just go show your support. That's the main thing that counts in all this. And that's another thing that we want to encourage on this show as well. But no, guys, seriously, more than anything else, we want to thank you all for continuing to support, for going on this spooky ride with us. And just, again, the shout outs on social media, the follows, everything that you guys are doing and helping us spread the word on this podcast is amazing. And we can't thank you enough. And like I mentioned on AC's episode, 
We are working on getting Tales from the Haunt merch made, so please keep a lookout for that. And if you want to support the show, outside of liking, sharing, and subscribing, that is going to be a great way to do it because we can ship directly to you. Or if we're at a wrestling show or any other kind of event, we're going to have that there too. So not only is it Tales from the Haunt merch, it's Flynn merch, it's I Know You Hear Me merch. We cover the whole gambit, and we want to see you in that swag too. And if you get something from us, make sure you take a picture, use the hashtag, and send it our way, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. But guys, for myself, for Jeff, for Jake, the Double J Connection, J&J, JC Penny, whatever we want to call him here tonight, JC Spooky, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to call him, but hopefully we don't get sued in the process. We want to thank you all for tuning in for another awesome and spooky episode of Tales from the Haunt, but you think I'd learn by this point. Um, just Jeff posing as Flynn Hendricks this week. Um, is there anything these people need to do before we talk to them again? Um, I'm not sure. Jake, do you know a chance? Oh, I don't know nothing. Oh, well. That makes um, three of us. Well, I, I guess they just need to stay, stay spooky then. And I know you hear me. We'll see you in two weeks, guys. Another spectacular episode. <laughs> Tales from the Haunt has been a Flynn Hendricks production. 